Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about very important topic because uh, today, if you wanna add online, you need to pay a lot of attention uh, to content rate optimization CRO. And today we are going to cover about good CRO and bad CRO. Uh, it's very important. I know about that because you can get traffic, you can get engagement, but if you can't sell, it's useless. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Johan. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. A good pleasure to get my show to learn from you. I know about your experience. Uh, I uh, check out on LinkedIn, many great stuff. So before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share it with us about good and bad CRO. Well, um, I'll dive straight into a story from um, about 10 years ago, my own experience, my own uh, life, my own professional uh, practice that um, really got me thinking about this and that really taught me a lesson that is with me to this day and that I think of it quite often. And I was, I was in a meeting with a client uh, this was the six-month review after we were doing CRO with him, uh, conversion rate optimization. The meeting started off very well. The CEO said, um, you know, my conversion rate has definitely increased. My revenue has definitely increased. Here are the numbers, and I put it down to you. There's no question about that. But, and then from there, it was coming downhill. And I, I how how can there be bad news? How how you know having listened to that good introduction, what could be bad news after this? And the bad news was, and this CEO was on top of his numbers. He's a guy who manages his businesses by the numbers, and he pointed out that all of those things were true. The the conversion rate was up, revenue was up, but he'd identified that it was the wrong segment of his target market. So what we managed to do in that six months was to increase the conversion rate from a segment of his audience that were worth less to him. You know, they, they purchased less frequently. When they purchased, they spent less. And so in the long run, that, uh, that LTV, that lifetime value just didn't make sense. And why that was important in the short term is the warehouse, the people in the warehouse were now busier than ever. They were putting stuff into envelopes and sending it out to clients. <laughs> But that means postage costs and courier costs are going up um, for the same or a little bit more revenue. And, you know, the lesson to me there was if you are going to be pulling levers, you know, you're gonna, you, you can optimize the site, you can optimize the journey, you can achieve great results until the cows come home. If it's not results that your stakeholders, your senior stakeholders care about, it doesn't matter. And... Um, so I'm sure we get back into that, but that was that was kind of a, a core lesson that um, to this day, you know, one of the first things we do is you make sure you understand what are the the overall objectives of the business and how do you map back to that. Nice, nice, yeah, awesome, awesome. You know, uh, I found that you are a co-author of the book e-commerce website optimization. You know, I I love reading books. Uh, it's my passion. I remember when I overwatched TV, I changed this bad habit to uh, reading books. Today, I can spend all my free time 
by reading books. And you know, it's interesting that I found that many business books are great for sleep. You know, uh, when you have the problem with sleep, you can take a new book, you know, to read a little bit and sleep well all night. You don't need to pay for medicine, pills, you know, so time saving. Uh, but you know, some books business books are great you know i can read them like i don't know for example i love uh, jack london he wrote his books a uh, uh, hundred years ago when i read uh, any of his uh, book i can feel that i'm the part of the journey you know i i can uh, forget about sleep i can forget about water meal anything because i can i'm on this book you know on this adventure uh, but some great business books for example uh, Joe Sugarman wrote a book um, about uh, marketing about uh, retaining audience uh, 40 years ago I love it you know I can uh, uh, read this book and uh, feel all this valuable insights can you give me and my audience a solid reason to read your book what kind of benefits we can get by reading your book and why it's important today to get this uh, valuable insights well anatoly one of the most amazing things you know we all i think i think this is universal everyone struggles with uh, imposter syndrome and i you know when you put yourself out there in a book um, you're your own worst critic so it's always surprising to me when I hear readers contacting me and uh, commenting on the book. And, you know, I had somebody say to me, they sleep with a book next to their bed kind of thing. Um, and so what I hear from readers is what I will tell you, which is that uh, they tell me it is a very practical guide. Uh, somebody, a few people actually has used the word Bible. They talk about uh, using it as their CRO Bible. It is very practical. It, uh, it's full of fra frameworks. And it's full of hard-won lessons, hard-won uh, knowledge, you know, that, um, that um, well, 10 years of, of, uh, of experience that's dumped into that book. And there's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, quite varied, you know, it's got a lot of different uh, subtopics in there. I would say the one major lesson, and it, it comes back actually to today's topic, is... And, and by the way, I should say that I'm not here to say to anyone, you're doing CRO wrong. Um, there's a lot of that that you'll find on social media. Leave that for social media. That's uh, kind of shallow, you know, uh, with context matters. You know, it's, it's impossible for me to uh, pass judgment on the way anyone is doing CRO without understanding the context. But there's some sort of fundamental principles that you can distill from looking at hundreds of CRO programs over the years and uh, talking to peers in the industry have, who've done similar things. And a core one for me, and this comes through in the book hopefully as well, is that the kernel of CRO for me is understanding the world of your customers. That's where it all starts. And you can look at GA, Google Analytics, and Hotjar and all this, you know, we like this, uh, all these metrics and the graphs, the beautiful visual stuff. But we forget that all of that really is a reflection of human behavior. It is your conversion rate is the result of somebody buying or not buying, somebody clicking a button or not clicking a button. And you cannot change conversion rate. It is what it is. You're looking, when you look at con conversion rate, you're looking in the rearview mirror. It's already there. If you want to change it, you have to change the human behavior that drives the result. 
And in order to change human behavior, you've got to understand human behavior. In order to understand human behavior, you've got to get into the mind of your users, into the mind of your customers. So you've got to understand the world of your customers. And um, hopefully the book helps with that. You know, it's A, to, to understand that, to understand the value of that, and B, to, to get the guidance and the practical um, know-how, how to, uh, to do that. Nice, nice, awesome. Okay, guys, you can find the link to this book in the description. I'm going to put this book on my list. I have a huge list of books that I need to read. And yeah, uh, definitely, I'm going to do it. And uh, I have the next question about, uh, you mentioned that you need to understand the customer. And I, know, I see when companies uh, usually analyze competitors you know they see how they create landing pages how they create content replicate them but you know all products uh, have their unique selling proposition they have uh, some strong size competitors uh, usually highlight their strong size so if you replicate you can replicate strong size of your competitors and sometimes it's a not good idea and to, i think you know the era of lazy marketers is that now you you can't just analyze competitors and replicate them uh, but you need to understand as you mentioned your customers you need to learn how uh, you, why your customers change their hard earned money with uh, your products can you tell how to learn customers how to understand what kind of benefits in, insights they need to get well, just to, to touch on that, uh, the first thing you said about competitive landscape and looking at the competitors, and Anatoly, I think that's such an important point. And it's, you know, if you wanted to to have a, a table, a column that says good CRO and one for bad CRO, you know, I don't want to oversimplify like that. But copying the competitors would definitely be in the bad CRO column. Um, and and it, that happens far more often than uh, than you'd imagine. And I see it in very sophisticated organizations. I the funny thing about that is it seems to me from, you know, 15 years of doing this and working with clients in big organizations and small as well, everyone's copying their competitors. Everyone's copying each other. Um, and, you, you know, you have no idea whether something is working on their site and whether it's relevant to your customers. Um, even within the same, I think the story that I told you right at the top of this call illustrated that, that this client of mine, um, and I discovered it too late, but there were two segments in his business that behaved very differently and that were worth completely different uh, amounts to him in, in terms of monetary value and LTV. So not only do we have different customers as different businesses, but within our own business, we serve different customers. And um, the, the, the only the only way you can you can really do this is, as I said at the beginning, is understand, one, what are your customers trying to get done? Now, the reason I come to you, your website as a customer, and the reason I buy from you as opposed to your competitor or one of your competitors, there's a very good reason for that. I might not even know the reason for that because that's often a subconscious decision. 90, 95% of purchase decisions are made subconsciously. We, we post-rationalize it with our thinking brain, but you know it, it, it's made on autopilot. So when you ask a customer, why did you buy from me? Why did you buy from the competitor? They'll give you an answer. They probably don't know. Um, you've got to, and there are a couple of techniques that you can use to kind of hone in on that, to, to walk away with those insights. So in CRO, very common, um, you'll find usability testing, um, 
but that really gives you insight about the on-page behavior like where are the points of friction it's really valuable then you get surveys the surveys are great on-site or email surveys they're great because it's a mass amount of information and you can get you know a, a lot of data around very specific topics for me the most underrated source of insight or i should say one of the most underrated is customer interviews is phoning up customers and speaking to them for 20 minutes and understanding, for, for me, it's less important to have um, a, a, a list of questions to ask. And it's more important to have a list of sort of um, things to listen out for. So the things that I want to listen out for that when I speak to customers is when you bought from me, what were you trying to get done? What is it? What is that problem that you're trying to solve without using that language? Number two, what other alternatives did you consider? And I have to remind you, these aren't questions I ask. These are things that I listen out for. Um, number three, why did you make the decision one way or the other? Uh, what are the kind of things that go wrong? What are, the, what are the problems that you experience when you're trying to solve that problem that you're trying to solve? Customers are really good at, at, at talking about what it is that they're trying to get done and what goes wrong in trying to do it and they're less good at solving the problems. They're less good at telling you, well, I think you should do A, B, and C on your website. That's not their job, that's that's your job. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think my son can uh, uh, take some decisions 100% uh, subconsciously, you know, <laughs> without uh, any logic, just, uh, okay, I wanna the sneakers, please buy me the sneakers. Uh, and uh, why? Uh, just tell me why you have uh, five other pairs. No, I want the sneaker because it's very important. You don't understand, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Uh, I'm interested about, uh, you know, uh, for example, um, I found that companies pay so much attention to uh, acquire new traffic, but you know, sometimes you can double sales with existing traffic you know can you tell how to analyze uh that because you know for example we have web traffic we have clients we have uh content but i found that uh, it's much smarter to spend time to think how you can double sales because acquiring new customers cost five times more than uh, retaining existing ones and you can sell to your customers uh, more because they're loyal they know about your products can you tell insights how to find the right way to double uh, or even just to increase trade uh, sales with existing customers yeah i mean to double it's uh, i couldn't give you that answer i think some businesses are easily able to to double um, their sales, you know, there's uh, people are perhaps crawling over broken glass. I think that's rare. Um, in today's world, certainly 15, 20 years ago, that, you know, that, that may have been possible. Today, when everyone is on Shopify and using, um, you know, very well established best practice, I hesitate to, to use that term. But, you know, it's, I, I think it's far more difficult to, to double sales, but certainly it's, um, it's possible. Uh, and certainly it's it's um, not only possible, uh, but, but you know, every everyone who does CRO will, will know this from experience that to increase sales, that the the CRO big picture is not in one 
um, big movement to to have a massive increase. It is marginal gains, right? So it's it's um, it's five percent here, seven percent there, three percent there, um, and you know when you string that all together, you've you've got a, a significant uplift. But it's generally small gains, uh, small gains, and you'll find case studies on the internet that talk about 300% increase in conversion rate from, from one button uh, test and so on. That's bullshit. You know, that's, uh, that's when it sounds too good to be true. It, it is the good to be true. Um, we've seen significant increases from, um, from a single test. Whenever we see that it's a red flag. It, um, it triggers a process to go and find the error. If we see a test that delivers uh, massive results, double digits, high in the double di digits, there's probably something wrong. And um, more often than not, when we try to to find that error, that, it, that there is an error. So, you know, you've got to, and again, that would be an example of in column B, bad zeros, just kind of um, accepting uh, all these uh, too good to be true numbers for for what they are at face value. Um, but, but there's another angle to this that I want to bring in here, Anatoly, which is, Wins are really important. And, you know, by win, I mean a winning test, right? So you test that A versus B. Um, a is the original, B is your idea, and it it, it produced a, an uplift in conversion rate or AOV or revenue, whatever you're me uh, measuring. So that's great. You can now deploy it live and you'll, you know, you've got a better experience. But equally valuable is a negative test for a number of reasons. Number one, you didn't hurt sales or conversion rate by making that thing live. You've tested it, and you, by testing, you get to weed out all the things that would otherwise hurt your sales, and you keep only the winners. Number two, you don't waste your developers' time working on stuff that don't move the needle. Number three, you're able to um, discover levers that you've now you've got a negative test that means it's a lever you've pulled it in the wrong direction all you need to figure out is how to pull it in the right direction i've seen this many many times that some of the biggest wins and some of the most impressive wins started out as losing tests as negative tests and the reason for that is there is no other way we could have stumbled upon that insight what we learned from that losing test you know, you test an hypothesis, you believe, hypothesis basically is, we believe X will lead to Y. Now we test it, it turns out X doesn't lead to Y. Okay, uh, what does that teach us? What do we learn from this? We're surprised. Uh, we've pulled the lever in the wrong direction. And, um, you know, it, it, it becomes that, that process of iteration. So I would, in fact, I would add another um, tick to, to the list of bad Sierra, and that would be to obsess over wins without valuing the you know the the, the, the total value from running um, running a b tests and experimentation yeah by the way i think uh, it's hard to call something a negative test because any test can provide insights <laughs> what to change how to adapt uh, how to make uh, some difference i don't know so yeah uh, that's why we test now i remember elon musk uh, told that if you uh, don't make mistakes you're not innovative enough so sometimes we need to test as you mentioned you know to test and find some insights that will work for you i want to get back a little bit to uh, content strategy um, uh, I, I had a client who told me 
uh, he lost uh, a lot of traffic, uh, like uh, 400,000 traffic, but he didn't lose sales. So he had a lot of traffic, huge traffic, but this traffic didn't sell anything. Can you tell how to create the right strategy today? Because, you know, uh, what I see, uh, for example, uh, people chase high volume. Uh, they, uh, uh, for example, even if I get SEO in the top 10 results, it doesn't mean that I can sell SEO services because uh, it's uh, the keyword for uh, big SEO companies, even hard to overcome them, uh, so hard, but uh, even if uh, I can find the way or resources to do it, uh, what's the goal? I can't sell with this keyword. And um, uh, I see the same problem when uh, webmasters chase high volume keywords or keywords that don't sell their products can you tell how to create a strategy that will cover a buying persona yeah i mean this is a classic vanity metric isn't it um get a numbers of sessions numbers of uh, of visitors on a page uh, i mean i'm not an seo expert that's more your area what i would say is that this illustrates why it's so important for CRO and SEO to work together. CRO, SEO, paid, yeah. social, you know, all these different silos to work together. That's true for organizations. And it's also true when it's outsourced to agencies or outsourced to, to individual contractors. Get those contractors, get those agencies to work together. Force them on the same call. We do it on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, whatever it needs to be, but get those people. So Anatoly, when you and I work together on a client, this is a topic that we discuss and we would share insights with each other. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, your, your uh, expertise is in developing a strategy, an SEO strategy, targeting those various um, layers of the funnel, you know, bottom of the funnel, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel. My expertise is in uh, taking that traffic when it lands on the site and making the best of it. For each of those segments, there's going to be a different strategy. There's going to be a different, maybe even a different language landing page if it's warranted. Um, but it starts with, you, you use the word personas. Um, personas is, has got a bit of a bad rep over the last few years, but I, whatever you want to call them, personas or, um, you know, there are various names for them, but it's, it's, it's incredibly important to be able to put your finger on who that segment is and, you know, treat each of them uh, differently. So, um, and, and this, I don't think this is necessarily low hanging fruit. You know, I think this is, you, you kind of evolve into that, but, but certainly, um, I've seen this many times, and th there's a there's there's a, a client that I work with that recently similar story to you. They spent um, hundreds of thousands on television advertising, and so you saw traffic shooting up, shooting through the roof, and conversion rate actually going down. And there's often there's this inverse relationship between uh, traffic and conversion rate, and the reason for that. You know, the site's still converting at the baseline. You know, nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed is they've now acquired a lot of top-of-the-funnel content. Uh, sorry, top-of-the-funnel uh, users and people that are kicking the tires and people that are looking around. And maybe in six months from now, or maybe, you know, it's an awareness piece. Um, so uh, another typical one, and this is the last example I'll mention, but uh, what we often see with, with e-commerce, for example, is, is how the blog 
works with the selling site. You know, so you've got a blog that is good at attracting customers um, into the ecosystem. And it's very unlikely for those customers or those users, those visitors who land on the blog that's just discovered your brand today. It's very unlikely for them to convert in the same session or, you know, even in the same sort of period. Um, it's an awareness driver. And you've got to take a, a, a longer-term approach with it. You can't expect that, um, that they're going to behave in the same way. Um, yeah, but I think the, the bottom line is for, for the different specialists to work together because they really bring those different skill sets. But this is a very important conversation to be had. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree, you know, uh, because, you know, uh, by the way, if you open LinkedIn, you can check out uh, requirements uh, in job sections. Many companies are looking for jack of all trades who can do anything, you know. So when I check out uh, these requirements, you can see uh, uh, we are looking for someone who can create the strategy, find keywords, uh, link building, content creation, CRO, uh, website development, design. Guys, <laughs> to do it, you know, Jacob yeah. Ultra is master of none. We know about that. <laughs> so, I, yeah. tell you that. I mean, that's crazy. I see the same thing. So I've been doing this for 15 years and I, I still learn every day. And every day I discover how much there is that I didn't know, how much there is that I still don't know that I still have to after 15 years. And I'm not even talking there about new developments. Of course, there's that as well. It's just sort of unknown unknowns. Now, if you take just CRO as a discipline, then within CRO, there are various sort of sub-disciplines, you know, sp specialisms. And it's impossible for one individual to be fully on top of each of those specialisms, let alone, you know, different sort of adjacent disciplines, CRO, uh, social, you yeah. know, SEO, all these things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about another aspect that I can see. Uh, it's about uh, simplicity. You know, for example, I found that uh, many websites can uh, replicate, uh, I don't know, like Amazon content, you know, but Amazon can sell a billion products, a lot of products and uh, customers know the Amazon structure. They know the website. They know how to find important information. Uh, if you sell to new customers, sometimes it's a not good idea. And I like more Apple. No, when you open apple.com, you can see only iPhone. That's it. Nothing. Uh, Apple can sh list uh, MacBook, AirPods, many other items, but Apple only uh, sells iPhone in the first visible screen because Apple, uh, because iPhone is responsible for 50% of all sales. So they list uh, best selling product. And uh, I remember Bill Gates once replied to this question. For example, if uh, you have a product A and product B, you can invest uh, X amount of money to product A and product B. If product B will sell two times more, the, the next time Bill Gates will invest all money to product B uh, because he knows that it's better to sell product B than uh, anything else. Uh, so uh, can you tell about simplicity? Because many webmasters usually list a lot of products on homepage, uh, all their items, catalog, you know, uh, but customers hate it. They don't like when you are trying to sell anyone and it might confuse. You open and you don't know what to click or what to learn, what uh, how to choose. Uh, but sometimes we need it, like 
in catalog pages when customers need choices to choose between them. Can you tell how to find the balance between simplicity and sharing important insights? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. So there's a, there, there are a couple of things there. So let's talk about simplicity first. And here are a couple of um, sort of general rules of thumb. And I, I always, uh, you know, what, what works for me doesn't work for you and the other way around. So we've got to, we've got to remind ourselves of that caveat whenever we, talk, whenever we talk about these rules of thumb and best practices. But, you know, there's certain um, principles that are well established. And the one is the, the paradox of choice, right? So Barry Schwartz, I think it was, who, who wrote a great book about this. You spoke about good books earlier. There's one for yeah. the list. Um, uh, you know, studies that have been done that um, that talk about how the more choice you put in front of consumers, the less likely they are to make that choice. And so it actually kind of backfires um, at you. And, you know, we've, we've run many tests where we've seen this, where we've seen the effect of that. And the, the more you take away, the more you, you simplify, to use your word, the page, the journey, the, the sales conversation. So the more you, you remove from it, you know, the more clarity there is, the more attention you, you, you draw to, to what remains behind. Um, there's, a, there's another great book, Brain Cells by Dr. David Lewis. Dr. David Lewis is a scientist based in, in the UK who studies the brain um, and what happens in the brain when people buy stuff, when they make purchase decisions. And I once asked him um, to to name one thing, just one thing on the internet specifically, that if from all his years of experience and studies, if he had to single out one thing that uh, is likely to improve conversions and sales online, and he said it would be to improve um, the flow. Uh, and, and what's meant by that is, I spoke about those decisions being made on autopilot. So removing stuff out of the way of the user, out of the customer, uh, not, taking away things that'll make them think, taking away things that'll make them um, have to consider between two different choices. The, the, the less of that there is, the, the, the more likely um, it is for that decision to be made. And, you know, whether, whether the decision is, yes, I'm going to buy or no, I'm not going to buy, um, you know, it's, it's, um, you, you want to drive towards that decision. What you don't want is indecision. If you land on my e-commerce site or my, my website and you're not my right um, target customer, I'm more than happy for you to purchase at Amazon. If I'm, for example, if I'm selling a premium product and you're buying on price and you can get it cheaper from Amazon, that's, that's right. Amazon is the right place for you. But I've got to be able to um, convey the value of buying from me. And we, we've done very interesting tests like this. So we work with pretty big brands that compete head on with, uh, with Amazon and you know, often I spoke about customer interviews earlier. One of the questions we'd often explore is what makes you buy from this brand directly as opposed to Amazon where you can get it cheaper and you, you know, get a free delivery and next day and all the rest and um, it, it, you're part of that ecosystem already. It's such a strong brand loyalty. And then equally asking people, you know, why did you decide not to buy from the brand directly? And then, you know, if you understand that and you can build that into your message, Something I should say quickly, Anatoly, is a big part. You touched on this earlier as well, but it, for me, there's a there's a temptation to look at a website as a flat structure 
or an app. Uh, you know, it's a it's a two-dimensional thing with text and images and buttons, calls to action, hierarchy of information, and so on. And then if if that's your mental model, then what you're doing is you're moving stuff around the page and optimizing the page far more powerful. And it goes back to what I said earlier about getting into the mind of the user because you, you want to shift behavior. And the result of that is, is driving metrics that are of interest to you is optimizing the sales conversation. When I land on your website, I'm there for a reason. You know, I want to buy whatever it is that, that you have and, or I'm looking for a solution. And maybe yours is the right solution. Maybe it's not. I'd better find that out quickly. But if there's a chance that yours is the right solution for me, you want to communicate that very quickly and you want to com communicate that very clearly. And then I've got questions. I've got thoughts. I've got doubts. I've got fears. I've got concerns. I've, you know, you want to address those things. So it's really, it's not about moving stuff around the page. It's about moving stuff around in the decision, in the mind, in the understanding what happens in the buying brain and optimizing that really. That's for me far more powerful than moving stuff around the page. Nice. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I know many brands compete with big competitors, big websites that have loyal audience and it's hard. Hard, but possible, you know, if you understand why customers don't want to buy from uh, big brands, <laughs> think how you can adapt to your uh, unique selling proposition. Okay, I have the question about mistakes. Can you list common mistakes that companies still do with uh, optimizing with uh, conversion rate optimization and uh, how to find a much better way? Well, I think... Um... Two of them I have to list, and I've I've kind of alluded to them both before. And the one is that obsession with wins. So we covered that, but, but I think that's a big one. The other one we've also touched on, which is um, throwing spaghetti at the roof. So it's testing for the sake of testing. Now, A-B testing is not equal to CRO, and CRO is not equal to A-B testing, right? So CRO includes A-B testing, but it includes a, a whole lot of other things. So it's... You, you know, for every test, you almost there's a there's an opportunity cost with every test you run, because in its place you could have been running another test, and you want to make sure that you ma maximize that opportunity and that you're running things that that have the the best chance of of giving your result, whether it's positive or negative, as we spoke about earlier, and you've got to justify why it's on the roadmap. So how does it tie back to your your overall objectives? Um, so that's quite a common mistake. Another one that's um, that's often made is um, <laughs> this is a, a, a two-edged sword, and it has to do with statistics. And I want to be careful about how I talk to that because it's a, it's such a, a a deep topic, and it it'll hurt your head very quickly. Um, but I think there is, if you're gonna be doing A/B testing, and you should, then you've got to. Um, as 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 far as possible, you know, adhere to the rules of statistics. It's governed by the laws of statistics. And in basic terms, really, it doesn't have to be any more complex than this. Is don't don't um, don't run a test and conclude it after a day or two or even a week 
when you've got crazy numbers and it tells you you've just made a 20% extra on conversion rate, but actually the sample size is too small. You know, you, you've not, you've not allowed enough traffic to come through to it. So that's the one side of this double-edged sword, you know, is, is not observing those laws of statistics in, in, in very simple language, running tests where there isn't enough traffic. The other side of it is obsessing over statistics when really, you know, the, the CEO or the owner or the you know senior stakeholder really doesn't care about statistical significance and p-values and uh, Bayesian uh, chance to be best and all of that. They care about making a good decision. And sometimes you're going to get it wrong. And sometimes, you know, that's that's part of it. Statistics it, it makes provision for that. So it's it's whilst you are um, whilst you observe those those laws, you don't overfixate, you don't overindex on it. You know, unless you're in a big organization where it's part of a, a very mature and, and and you know most of the clients we'd work with that would be the situation. But if you're starting out and if you you know if you're not there yet, if you're running your own show, then I'd say, um, you know, um, what you're trying to do is you're not <laughs> you're not trying to find a cure for malaria or you know some some big disease you're trying to make a better decision and it's it's about reducing risk um i mean those would be some that come to the top of my head yeah 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 uh agree uh, i remember when uh mark zuckerberg shares about uh risk the biggest risk is not to take yeah the risk <laughs> so sometimes we need to test to make a risk and uh, i have the final question uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. You didn't write a book. What will you do today to learn more about uh, CRO? I mean, there's so much out there today. There is there's so much information. Um, when I started, there, there was nothing. There were no courses. There was, um, I mean, the name didn't exist. Yeah. So um, you had to figure this stuff out. Right now, uh, you follow the right people on LinkedIn, you follow the right people on Twitter, you will get um, really good um, on a daily basis. Um, you'd get from thought leaders, people who are at the top of their game, free advice, the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, that, that, that they charge their clients for. Um, you follow me, you follow my peers, you go on YouTube. Uh, th there's a lot out there that's for free. Now we're not even talking yet about courses and stuff you can pay for. CXL is a great forum for this. Um, there are other courses as well. There are books. Um, the most important thing really is to actually do it. Whatever it is that you learn. I mean, this applies to anything. Like you, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. I lead, read a lot. Um, and, and what I consciously try and do don't, don't always succeed, but the books that you remember, the stuff that you learn that gets um, internalized, it, it, it's those things that you practice, that you've read something and now you you do it. And so th that, that would be my advice to you is whichever ever route you follow, whether it's YouTube or LinkedIn, you're probably a combination of these things, make sure you get to play with it. And then last thing I'll say on that, um, one of the, the best um ways to learn would be to to work with an agency um in my agency that wouldn't be an option we only work with people who who, who you know who, who've got experience but many agencies will will um 
will hire people who are who are new in the game and they'll train you up. And what's so great about that is you get exposure to many different sectors, many different clients. You get to learn from your colleagues. And um, I mean, that would be my advice. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think, you know, overlearning can uh, hurt more than help because, you know, I can read a hundred books how to play soccer. But if I don't play, how I can beat uh, great players? Uh, it's not uh, like to beat Leo Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. It's more even mediocre players because uh, soccer players prefer to hit a ball thousand times a day than to read a hundred books, you know, how to play soccer. And uh, that's why I love learning. But most of my time uh, I spend by doing, you know, when you do, when you implement. Uh, you can, uh, for example, Bill Gates, when he reads books, he usually makes notes and thinks how he can implement it. Okay, uh, he can read more books, but he uh, stops making notes and think, okay, interesting insight. So how I can implement all this information. So uh, that's why I'm not, uh, uh, by the way, I, I met a few people who overlearn. Uh, I'm not sure it's a good idea because you can get all skills without implementation. It costs nothing even more. You know, uh, people have short memory. They can forget for a few days about new skills. I can forget for a few hours. Just give me some insights I can forget because, yeah, uh, because without implementation, uh, yeah, it's hard to go ahead. I completely agree. Johan, it's a big pleasure to get my show, to learn from you, tell our audience the best way, how to reach out to you, how to learn more about you, how to follow you. <laughs> um, the best way to get hold of me is via social. So I'm very active on Twitter, active on LinkedIn. Um, so um, look me up there and my agency, awa-digital.com. Um, you can uh, find me there as well. Okay, guys, you can find the link to the agency, to LinkedIn profile, to Twitter profile in the description below. List Johan book because you can get a lot more valuable insights. And it's not about to learn from Johan. Implement his ideas. Then you can get all these results. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.